is Lorena Junco Margain, and I'm so excited for this journey. We decided to launch this podcast to share my story with the hope that you could connect the dots of your life and truly be on your way. Today on On My Way, Lorena talks to longtime friend Elizabeth Elias. You may have heard Elizabeth on past episodes, but today we are doing the deep dive with her about being fearless and building your tribe. Elizabeth runs Elizabeth Elias Consulting. After working for over a decade in event planning in Austin, Texas, she began to understand the power of being artfully dressed. Elizabeth's consulting focuses on helping you find confidence and power in your body. You can find out more about Elizabeth at www.elizabetheliasconsulting.com. This is part one of a fantastic discussion. Make sure to come back next week for the second half. Now to today's episode with Elizabeth. Hello, mis amigos. Hola, my friends. I am so happy to be here with you. Thank you for having the time to listen, to open your hearts. And today we will have a very special guest. She's my dearest friend, Elizabeth, who we met about 10 years ago. Elizabeth, why don't you share how we met? Hi, Lorena. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, we met 10 years ago, and I had no idea the journey that I would have gone on with you. And here we are together still 10 years later. So I am a retired event planner, as I like to say. However, I don't seem to be retired with you in my life because I tend to do lots of events with you. But uh, my previous career is event planning. And we met when we were planning your sister's wedding. We had a menu tasting and your sister just mentioned, oh, my sister's going to come and join us. You'll love her. She has great taste. And like most people say, the rest is history. And here we are 10 years later, many projects. Two kids after. <laughs> two kids after. And I feel like probably eight to 10 projects that we've worked on together. And they all vary in all different types of ways. And we just continue to create together and go down these paths together. One of the beautiful things that I respect a lot about you is that you're fearless. You always say, I can try. If I don't know how to do this, I'll learn. And I think that's a beautiful quality. And I would like setting the tone for this conversation on how is it that you started a business. Personally, I'm in, in the middle of that process. And writing the book has been a very cathartic process, but mm -hmm. it's very different to create than to actually sell. And I've seen that you've not only created the business, but you have a good, consistent client base, a good reputation. And I would like if you could share a little bit of the journey and how you got to the point where you became a consulting firm. Absolutely. So as I just mentioned, my previous career was event planning. I've spent, uh, well, 20 years now in that field. And I started my uh, wardrobe consulting business 10 years ago. And so what that looks like now is I work with people to really my goal is to help people feel confident about themselves through their clothes. And so I work with people in cleaning out their closets, organizing, shopping, styling, and so much more, but all of it is around clothes. And it's really interesting because 
I've never wanted to start my own business. I am, I, I always say I'm an accidental entrepreneur. I'm married to a serial entrepreneur. <laughs> um, but I think that it's interesting that you think that I'm fearless because sometimes we don't see ourselves the same ways that other people see you. And the answer to that is truly that I think I've surrounded myself with the right people. I have been around a lot of people that start businesses, many businesses, and so they have given me strength and the courage and encouragement and so much to to where the point that you think that I'm fearless. And it's important to be around those people because even if you if you're scared to do it, those people give you that strength and you see that in me, but I see that in you too. And I think that that is how this beautiful relationship has lasted so long. I definitely agree with that. When you say accidental entrepreneur, I mean, there's will there, right? You there, there was this part of you that did want to do that. What skill set did you work on or what has been around you that made you say, I'm, I'm going to go into fashion and not another area? Okay, so I think that's a great question. And, you know, sometimes we don't know. You might go to college and think that you're going to come out and be a an artist. I thought I was going to be the next Picasso. Yes. And that's that's <laughs> why I say that. So I think, you know, you're you go to college and you get this degree and you think you're going to be something. And some people end up doing that. But some of us end up in all different types of paths to get to that point. I have noticed that all of my previous jobs, my previous career, they have all built me up to where I am now. So as an event planner, you are very much, you know, working with your right brain and your left brain. So you have to be a creative if you are doing event design, but you also have to have a very smart business mind. So there's lots of project management. And so I think with having years of that experience under my belt, that gave me the courage to jump into another field that I noticed had similar qualities. So in fashion, it's a creative industry. You can't be a stylist without being able to create looks. You can't be, you know, you can't have a mathematician's mind or a scientist's mind because those are very black and white and you have to be all over the place as a stylist. It's kind of coming at peace with what you were dealt with, right? And honing those talents and saying... Knowing who you are. My strengths. That's exactly right. And yeah, knowing who you are. And I think some people take a while to figure out what their strengths are and what their talents are and owning that. And I wonder if being cautious about it is fear of failure. I think, at least in my experience, I think of me as, as as if I could do a lot of things. I remember when I was in art school, I was like, I don't know if I want to be an artist, an interior designer, or an architect, or an event planner. And one of my friends said, just start. Do whatever you want. Just do one thing, and that will give you measurement of if you really have the capacity to make it happen mm -hmm. and that measures yourself. So part of, of the book and all the home line that I'm working on is, you know, I, I you need statistics, you need, you need numbers. If not, you can stay with that story in your head of all these amazing possibilities that you could be, but it doesn't really happen. Do you sometimes have that or... Of course. But that person that just said, just start, that is a, such a perfect example of surrounding yourself with people that give you that courage because wasn't there a movie called Failure to Launch? Yes. <laughs> so many people get so wrapped up in 
overanalyzing and analyzing paralysis where they just, and they get too much in their head. They're so worried about if they're going to fail. Yes, everyone has these fears and everyone's worried. But the difference of people that actually have success is they have not let that overtake them and, you know, just stop them from sharing their gifts with the world. I agree. And a neuroscientist that gave a conference at YPO said, if you really want to have self-esteem, start by doing to-do lists. And just the idea by like checking it one more, one more, that boosts your self-esteem and it gives you a sense of success. So even with our kids, you're like, oh, don't worry, I'll do it. You need to actually make them do it because chemically the hormones will make their self-esteem go up. So I've noticed that you are a list On person. a chronic to-do list? Yes. And I actually think that has been a very healthy practice because you can measure yourself and it the sense of achievement is so important. So Okay, so that's so fascinating. I've never I've literally never heard that. So the reason why I'm a big to-do list person, the honest reason is because I have ADD. <laughs> Honestly, so maybe this, that's the story that serves you. So but. this is a skill set <laughs> that my mother taught me a long time ago. I do agree with you that that does build confidence and I get such a high off of checking things <laughs> yes. off and I redo my to-do list. I have a business to-do list. I have project to-do list, a home to-do list. But that's also interesting you say that about your kids because I left this morning. My kids are with a babysitter and I left like six things that they need to do really, because I needed them to do that. But I did not think about that and building their self-esteem. And I can definitely see that that empowers them, that gives them confidence. And then you think about the kids, that their parents do everything for them. So yes, so what I great. do is in my vanity, I have post-its, orthodontist, dermatologist, orthopedist, you know, with all the kids. And it feels so good every time I tear off Satisfying. one post-it and throw it in the bin. So actually, my friends listening out there, make to-do lists, have your kids doing lists, chores, and let them feel the benefit of checking off the box. And also, Elizabeth, how do you deal with vulnerability or failures? Have you had any failure that really marked you and said, oh, why am I doing this? Maybe I should just end or what did you change of the event planning because of failure or because of life circumstances? How did you switch from one thing to the other? Yes. So I I switched, you know, I like I said, I wasn't planning to start my own business, but I had my daughter. I had always planned to be a working mom. I was on maternity leave and then I went back to uh, the company I was working with. I was there for two weeks and I could see the writing on the wall that things had shifted a lot in the three months that I was gone. And for some reason, I took this major leap of faith. I literally have never done this before. I've had a job ever since I was actually before I was 16, but I basically have always had a job. And I decided to leave that company. And I and I didn't have a plan. Was it your gut instinct? It was definitely my gut, which is not... I, I'm, a, I'm a little bit more safe than that. You know, I want to have a plan. Sure. But for whatever reason, my gut was telling me. So I decided to leave that company, then was trying to figure out what my next best move was. And I think being a student of life, you know, that kind of is how it is. You said, okay, my circumstances changed. I'm a mother. 
and I'm not willing to sacrifice certain set of values, which are, I assume, family first. And it was also a high-stress business. And you're very attuned to that. You know how to tune the volume up or down. And I think that, that that's a beautiful quality you have. And surrounding yourself with, with the right people, you have been that for me. I remember when I met you at my sister's tasting, my first impression was on she's so beautiful. Second, her voice is beautiful. Third, the way you just rolled with many opinionated Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you were this is how so, you felt. So Honestly. gracious and you're a great listener. And I think that's a very important skill to have. And again, the notes you make you make notes. I could see you just taking it all in. And years passed and I had a big event that I wanted to host. And I'm like, she needs to be it. And then you told me I don't do events anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm actually pregnant with my second mm -hmm. kid. Yeah. And I'm like, could you make this an exception? And she's like, of course, dear. I love your family. And when you said that, I felt the love. Mm -hmm. And I am a feelings person. Yes. Like. I have to feel it and you feel right. You just stand up for the things that are important to me. So to my friends listening out there, those gut feelings are guardian angels. Never dismiss them. They're talking to you. They're telling you, do I feel comfortable with this person? If your instinct is no, there's a reason for that. I do believe in second chances, but there's a reason why we have Con neural connections in our gut as well. So trust those feelings. Why don't we share one of our bloopers as we've had <laughs> as, as a team? Because the way you dealt with it was so gracious that I was actually even prouder of having made the decision to trust you with a project. So basically, this was uh, Patty, my second daughter's first communion and we gathered a group of friends of five moms and as we all know the more people you involve the more opinions there are the more accountability there is and you need to report to many minds many everything and Elizabeth uh, we had a budget and for a weird reason that had never in your story right in your professional happened and she said Lorena I just made a mistake we are ten thousand dollars off i saw you you were crying suffering but it was such a vulnerability open books that instead of making us angry we were like you guys she's amazing we can all divide and conquer let's just move forward and i just wanted to tell you not everyone would accept a $10,000 mistake easily. But the thing is that you inspire that professionalism. And we know this was, it was what, a, an Excel blooper. Yes. Okay. So I want to chime in on that story. So for those of you that love a good Excel sheet, you'll know that um, in your column at the bottom, you can do um, an equation that adds up the total. I did not include the bottom few cells, and so it was not. It was missing a couple of lines with some dollars, so I was off by ten thousand, which literally has never happened. But I had first told you. I don't know if you remember this, but I told you first because you were the person I had the relationship yes. with, the history with, 
And then, it, you know, and you are such a, a gracious person in any type of good or bad situation. You just, you don't overreact. And, and, and I knew you would be gracious about it too. And you just said, really, are you sure? Did you double check it? And I said, yes, you know, I'm freaking out. And then you said, okay. And your first instinct was, well, maybe I can just, I'll just take care of that. I and remember, I, and, I'm like, and, I'll take the blow. <laughs> yes, you said that. And that's your, that you have such a motherly quality about you. And I said, no, you cannot. That's like, and, and I just insisted. And, and I think. But how, you said, I need to do things right. And oh, I see. I don't even remember yes, that. Yes. And I, that's your integrity is phenomenal. I remember, I was driving on three capital of Texas highway. And I remember s smiling and saying, that's why I love her Aww. because you wanted to do things right. Well, yes. And you know, it, it could have ended very differently, but the, the whole point of this is that we all have these moments, yeah. but I think a lot of times people don't share those stories yes. and you only hear some of those moments of success and are you're just, you're not being vulnerable and you put up these walls because everyone wants to and look like they have it together. perfection, right? Yes. And that... I just had a major one. So after the book me. lunch, remember we had 12 interviews aligned. I was so excited that we were able to to land them. Yes. So I had just launched my book on the way to Casa Lotus and we had a beautiful turnout of the event. Thousands of people came over and the next day I had lost my voice. So I called Elizabeth and I'm like, I don't know what to do. I don't even have a voice. And I just had a meltdown and you were there for me and you told me, Lorena, your health is first. Mm -hmm. You reminded me, you know, what are your top priorities? You need to take care of yourself. I'll deal with this. And you were so gracious and because it was the effort of so many people putting it on the calendar. It was so many logistics that I know that you had been working on it and all our the PR team and just telling you, you, you were just a barrier like, nope, you're not gonna bother her. She needs to heal. It doesn't matter. That's the priority. So that's the beauty about surrounding yourself with good people. Casey, who helps me with content capital, recording the, the podcasts, he texted me, hey, my friend, we just want you to feel well. Hang in there. We're here for you. Book savvy. They're like, Lorraine, I hope you're feeling better. Ten days later, when I emailed, they were like, I'm so happy when I saw your name in my inbox. So I just felt the love. Yes. And the love that surrounded me and loving what you do for work, I mm -hmm. think that's beautiful. And that was my first failure. I, I felt I had let down so many people and I didn't deliver what I was sure. supposed to. But at the same time, it confirmed that we have a solid team and that we are together for the right reasons. Yeah, and I think I think it's important that you know we talk. About, you talked about being a student of life. There's always something you can learn from that. So you think that this is what we were out to achieve, but there is always a lesson that you can learn from. In quotations, failure. You know, it's it's not it's not always the case. There's something that's going to come out of that. Yeah, always silver linings, definitely. Exactly, and, and we need to see life in that way. In in the book I wrote, my memoir on the way to Casa Lotus, it's actually 
from a mistake. I just made it into something of beauty, something of healing and of spreading a message of love and forgiveness versus revenge and, and anger. And talking about that, the importance of the saying, it takes a village. I think that applies even in the workspace. I had always seen that as friends or your siblings or cousins, but it's actually in the working environment, you need your village as well, surrounding yourself with good people. And I think that's key. Lorena Junco Margain, passionate art collector, devoted wife and mother, is already shaken after fleeing Mexico with her family while pregnant due to concerns for their safety. After arriving in her new home in Austin, Texas, she learns she has a tumor on her adrenal gland. Although not life-threatening, the condition is serious and requires surgery right away. Having long experienced unexplained symptoms of dizziness and lethargy that neither medications nor holistic or Ayurvedic treatments have helped, she embraces the news with tears of relief. With a simple surgery, she can regain her strength and joyful spirit. But fate can be mischievous, and to err is human, even for surgeons. Rather than improve after surgery, her condition worsens. On the way to Casa Lotus is the gripping true story of Hunka Margain's journey coming to terms with the permanent consequences of a surgeon's devastating mistake. Mindful that even good people make errors and that vengeance such as legal action would not mend her broken body or soul, she chooses instead to embark on a quest for peace and healing, beginning by seeking space in her heart to forgive. You can get your copy of On the Way to Casa Lotus on Amazon or at LorenaHuncoMargain.com. Okay, so speaking of village, I see you do this so well, and you have created that within your own brand. Tell me what you think the success or the secret sauce is to creating your own village. You know, I've learned with time that the answers are closer than what we think. And I say, God, please help me have open heart, ears, eyes to see whoever is surrounding me that can have that quality in them. And please, like, give me that instinct to ask the right questions. So I'm going to give us an example. I asked you, Elizabeth, I, I need an assistant in Mexico. <laughs> I'm asking an American to get me an assistant in Mexico. I'm the Mexican one. I and guess what? Your husband yes. solved it. I mean, the yes. answer was just across me. And yes. that's the beauty of it, that don't be afraid to ask right? So if I had not been vulnerable and telling you I need help in Mexico running the operations in Mexico, you were like, sure, let me ask Nat. And oh, this lady, Adriana, who is an angel, thank you, Adri, we love you, <laughs> is literally right now part of the team. Yes. And, and then through YPO, Clint. Yes. And, you know, so all the things have just slowly been connecting. And then Taylor, now we've met her mother and her, her grandmother. Yes. And and it, it even applies with Blanca, our caregiver that, you know, is like a part of the family. Now her, sis, her sister took care of my grandmother till the last days. She did. She did. Oh, my goodness. Julio works for us. Gabby, the sister-in-law. So you just start branching out and it's like families merge together and it's beautiful to know 
that the answers are closer than what we think. You don't have to go to, you know, to the other side of the world to find the answers. Okay, so I feel like we need to step back a little bit and talk about this and that how we started working on this project because it it relates to what we're talking about right now. So for all of you that are listening, Lorena sends me a text and says, <laughs> hey, can you come help me with our closets? And, you know, I've known her for 10 years. I've mostly helped her with uh, event planning. But see, I was new on Instagram and I saw what you posted. <laughs> so I said, Sure. So I go, I haven't seen her in a long time. It's it's COVID, you know, and I show up and we talk for like an hour and she's telling me all about this book that she wrote and that she needs my help with this and she needs to take photos of this. And then I said, hey, I thought I was going to help you with your closet today. And she said, yes, we're going to do that. And I said, but then you're talking to me about a book. And she said, yes, and we're going to do that too. <laughs> and here we are. That was in September. Here it is. Hey, and we did do the closets. <laughs> yes, we did. We actually did do the closets those days. But the point is, is that, you know, it's just being resourceful. First, she decided she's going to write a book. And it wasn't necessarily that she's going to create this huge brand. But here we are many, many months later, and we have accomplished so many other things. But it wasn't that I'm going to start this brand and I'm going to find me my, you know, my right-hand man to help me with this thing. And then now we need to hire this person. We just kind of started pulling the resources of the people we know. And as you were talking about, people that are good people, that are smart, that are sharp, but that have really great um, characteristics that align with you. Yes. And I firmly believe, you guys, this should be your mantra. Wherever you put your mind, energy flows. So that's true. ask to your yes. higher self, whoever you talk to, God, just tell them, this is where my mind is. Help me put the resources close to me. So I think that that's how we both roll. And it just multiplies. It's pretty magical to see how we're doing a podcast. I would have never imagined this would be happening. And this is testimony that, that things can be accomplished and you can dream big and the story will just unfold. So Lorena, I have to chime in on this because I noticed that building a village comes so natural to you, but I think it's there's a, a, a bigger why and why you do this. And so tell me a little bit more as to, you know, you're creating your village, but it, I know it goes well beyond that. Well, first of all, thank you for seeing me in that way. The way that it has worked for me is that through serving. That is, you always tell me, giving is your love language. Yes. And truly, that makes me so happy. I love being physical on my giving. So if someone needs me, for example, yesterday, one of my dearest friends, she ended up at the hospital and I just went into my pantry, you know, got things in a bag, a blanket and ran and like showed up and I did her bed with soft surroundings and put a little scarf in her back because then those gowns, you get yes. chilly. Yes. So I'm like always thinking on what is she feeling? What is she thinking? Is she hungry? And I see that that reciprocates. So now I have a lot of people loving on me. And the reason I didn't do it for that reason, I it came from my heart. But it, it's a two-way avenue, and I love that, a two-way street. Elizabeth, so I've been very observant of people 
I'm a student of life learning. I was very interested when you said, I need to find a new mentor. So can you share a little bit about that? Because I think that's such an important element in being a successful person, let alone business. What do you or who do you consider a mentor? Well, I'm actually new to this and I've technically really only had one. I'm currently trying to figure out a new mentor, but that's just an observing other business people that I respect. And I hear people talk about that. And I just, and wanting to be a student of life, which I feel like I am, I'm always wanting to learn something. I know there's so much more that I need to learn about business. You know, my father, Eddie and I were recently married and he was working at a glass company. You know, we, I couldn't even afford a pedicure. Like we were (laughs) down to the basics. And my father said, go under an eagle's wing. So think big, tell them, verbally tell them, I want to learn from you. And those persons, which are highly successful, they are very lonely. And he always says something that it always in my mind, it is, it gets lonely at the top. So very highly successful people tend to be lonelier because everyone protects them from like, don't bother him. He's, he's busy, he's mm-hmm. busy. So, but they're also human. Yes. So he says, Eduardo has talked under one of my wings and under other people, smart Mm -hmm. people. And Eduardo has been very open to suggestions, but not easy ones. Like you're messing it up. Mm -hmm. You're not good at this. And I think that's a very strong and positive thing to do, right? To have the time to identify who do you want to learn from, not by accident, but very thoughtfully. Also, those people at the top, if they see someone that's eager and that that's eager to learn from them and they see their ambition, they also want to try to help. I mean, I know I want to do that with someone that's just starting on in this industry. I So going back to kind of your question, I think it's important because we don't all have it figured out. And so I'm always trying to, what's the next best thing? What can I learn from someone that has done this before me? So I, I you know, I, I don't know if that's always on people's radars, but it's on mine to always be looking for that next person that yes. I can learn from. And another thing that I, to you, my friends that are listening, I've learned that by nature, we love to help. So never, ever don't ask for help. It's beautiful to be vulnerable and say, hey, whatever you're so stressed about is very easy for another person. And then whatever is so hard for them, for you, it's like, oh, I'll solve that in a minute. So I think that it is very important reaching out and not being silent because that will only get you in a deep hole, right? Versus surrounding yourself with love. It's going back to being vulnerable because people are afraid to ask for help. They want to know all the answers. They don't want to burden someone else, but it ties into kind of those people that are lonely at the top. If they can help you, that can be so satisfying. I know that makes your heart so happy. So happy. And another limitation I had geography. I was like, oh, we live in a small town, so that's why we don't have the talent. And one of the COVID messages or things that I have learned, we didn't know half of the team. We met through Zoom. And when we were able to see each other on the book launch, we all hugged as family. And that for me was so liberating just to know that wherever you go 
in the world, you have people that love you mm -hmm. because we have a gift that is called te technology. That's so true. And I think we all need to use that for good. You know, it's a gift. So I think if we use it responsibly, I, for example, I see my friends from Mexico, I see their kids, the trophies they won, mm -hmm. their accomplishments, what they're into versus not seeing them in years, maybe 15 years. And I feel so close to them and in touch. And I think it's very important to, to do that as well in whatever you do professionally, to keep up in whichever way, keep it alive. Yes, yes. I think that a lot of people have limitation problems with technology, but there's healthy ways to utilize that. Another thing I want to add about that it takes a village is the workday in this day and age has changed so much in the last, well, in the last two years because of COVID, the last five years, 10 years. But also as a woman, I think that our work days can look very different than I can tell you when I first started my career, which was a nine to five much more than nine to five, but it was working in an office and it's long days and working with you though and talking about it takes a village. You have a wonderful way of, we have all this crazy stuff happening. We're going to go take our kids to this, this, and this, and then we're going to have a Zoom call and I'm going to do it in my car. And then that's okay. I'm going to figure it out. You don't have anybody to pick up your son, bring him to my house. Yes. And you say that over and over and over to where it feels comfortable. And I just feel like in my corporate days, it was very like we all wore suits and it was very stiff. And I honestly used to get annoyed with women and they would have their kids in the background. Obviously, wow. I wasn't in that stage of life, but we are lucky now that the workday looks different. We have technology, but then also working with someone like you that we're going to figure this out. It, it can be any way that we want to make it happen because we have this trust and we know that we have the same mission in mind and we're all working towards the same cause. So I think that that is really unusual. I know all these people that don't like their jobs. They don't like their bosses. They don't, you know, and it's, they have the corporate job that they hate, but it doesn't have to look like that. And I think unless you know someone that is doing that, or you're doing that yourself, you don't realize that you can have, have it all. I agree. Actually, everyone does have it all. It, it's a matter of mindset and mm -hmm. understanding that it takes two to tango. So maybe yeah. if they could only do their 50%, things would look much different. I, I also think that being the victim will never lead you to good things. I think it's about, okay, the past, you know, you can only control as we speak. Other than that, it's already in the past and you cannot change it. So but going back to the book on the way to Casa Lotus is forgiving and moving is just, it's a way to move forward. You cannot correct the things that already happened. So even if you feel stuck in the work that you are involved at, it's all about perception. You can do it with joy or you can just drag yourself and be miserable forever and ever. That's so healthy to think of it that way. And wouldn't it be beautiful if everyone could have the same mindset? Yes, Elizabeth, thank you so much for being able to, to come to share all your knowledge and wisdom. And I cannot tell how grateful I am to have you in my life. I will repeat this forever and ever and <laughs> ever. Thank you so much. Thank you. 
Thanks for listening to On My Way with Lorraine Hunko Margain. We'd like to invite you to send us your thoughts and any questions from this podcast by emailing Lorena at LorenaHuncoMargain.com. You can also reach out to us directly through our website by clicking the link in the show description of this podcast. Special thanks to executive producer Casey Helmick, studio engineer Joseph Olkeen, audio and video editor Scott Caro. This podcast is a production of Terra Firma and recorded from the historic Arlen Studios in Austin, Texas. 